to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Last week, I had a message with six points and I genuinely thought I was going to get through them all. Uh, We just got through three. So the upside is it wrote this week's message uh, as well. Uh, So we have part two. And let me very quickly recap part one for us in this Ephesians smorgasbord. It's like a Lauren can now have an ice cream smorgasbord. Last week, our our first thought springing out of Ephesians 3.20. And and if you've just rocked up today, I've been in and out of the book of Ephesians for months and months and months. And so we're wrapping together some thoughts from around the book here over these uh, last week and, and this, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And we unpacked these thoughts here that we have woven together side by side. That we, we've got this God who can do immeasurably more. And we have asking and imagining as triggers to some of God's immeasurably more. And we, we typically, if we've been around the God stuff for a while, we get the asking bit. We get that prayer is a part and somehow supernaturally it connects heaven's heartbeat with earth's reality. And so we, we kind of have some understanding about the prayer thing. That's the ask. But we also have here the imagine. So I raise the question, what's more powerful, our prayer or our imagining. And if our prayer comes before the courts of heaven, maybe what we imagine is seen on the TV screens of heaven. And that's a wonderful and scary thought all at the same time. But this imagination is a gift from God and it's designed to be an environment where faith comes alive, where we see a reality that goes beyond the reality of this world that's awakened by His Word, brought to life by His Spirit and where we are dreaming of the world that God wants to see, that He's calling us to help create, where that's alive in our imagination and it begins to unlock His immeasurably more. That was point number one. Point number two, I showed off my very poor French accent by talking about en passant, and I got no idea how close that is to saying in passing, in passing, and what I learned from my son Levi was a chess move, a pawn capture move called en passant, and Levi told me he's doing chess club at school, and he just, he loves thinking about the strategy, and he came home and told me about this en passant, and I said, that's a load of bull. He was explaining this move where a pawn can capture another pawn. And I was like, that, just Google it if you, if you weren't here. I was like, that can't be right. And, and sometimes we make these assumptions about things that we know and we, we lock out other possibilities. And here in Ephesians 1.17, the Apostle Paul is saying, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know Him more. So however much you know Him now, that you would know Him more, that there is more to God to know. Whether you've been doing this journey, this is day one, or whether it's day 
a million and one. There is more of God to know. And there are these moments we need to have in our faith where we have an en passant, where we learn something new about God. And maybe at first we went, no, that can't be true. He can't be that gracious. It can't be true. There can't be that much power available to me through Christ. But as we discover and as we let His Word come alive, then we have that moment of going, wow, it actually is truth. And then our third point, we had a demo up on stage from Ephesians 1.20. And God raised, raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand and, and demonstrating the Father with the Son at His right hand. And now how we have been called up in Ephesians 2.6 and God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him and weaving in David's prophetic insights in Psalm 16, which is then used in this powerful message from the Apostle Peter as he preaches in Acts chapter 2. And this, this understanding that, that we have been called into this most glorious sacred space between Father and Son that we are safer than we could ever know. We are more loved than we could ever know. And we cannot earn our place anywhere near where we have been called to be. But through all that Jesus has done, we are welcomed into that sacred space. And the imagery and the picture there is, is transformative as we really understand what has been offered to us. And so here we go, point four. And I finished by saying some of us are a little concerned that the Holy Spirit felt left out last week as we talk so much about father and son. Well, here we go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 22. And as individuals and as a gathering, as a church, we see that we are being built to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19 tells us that, that the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I want to read us some thoughts here. I was watching a, a YouTube interview uh, with Ravi Zacharias on the, on the Rubin Report, and he talking in the secular context, these are some of the words that, if you don't know Ravi Zacharias, he's one of the most beautiful Christian apologists in the world, a man in his 70s who just oozes the love of God, but has an intellect that is uh, extraordinary. So this is what Ravi said, he said, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, Restrictions placed on us are tough. As a person, we are tempted. We have proclivities. We have allurements. Our eyes, our heart, they seduce us. Let's be real. It's a reality to face this. But I'm given boundaries by God. Boundaries I don't necessarily like or want. I'm told what I can and cannot do with this body. And my feelings don't come into question at this time. My oughtness, what's right, what's proper, what I should do is brought before me. My feelings don't come into question at this time. Speaking into a culture obsessed with following the feeling where our feelings could shape our entire identity. And that is the opposite of the framework of what we would see in God's Word. Yeah. 
So whatever our bodies are inclined to, we are given intention before expression. Expression can't be the guiding light of how we behave. Intention has to be the guiding beacon by which we go. We're all seduced in directions counter to what we know we ought to do. And so let's be real. Even in our latter years, there are leanings inside of all of us. Temptations pull, yet I am commanded by God not to move in that direction, but to honor him. Because he wishes to live in this body. So whatever you are battling, invite him to live in you. Let this be his residence. And let the one who owns and occupies the building tell you how to manage it. These powerful words in this secular context. Ravi just smashing it out there, unashamed that God calls me to a high standard. That this is who he is and this is who he calls us to be. And this is a, a, a grand privilege beyond our wildest dreams that the Holy Spirit would want to come and inhabit this space. But it's also a great responsibility. And there's a tension that lives inside of all of us. God's will, my will. We have to be really real about that. Own that. His will, my will. Are we going to let God be God? Are we going to let that be reality? Are we going to play a game around the fringes of that? Pick and choose and and try and construct a life with some parts of Christianity? We're going to let God be God or, yeah, are we going to place ourselves in his seat? Your will or my will? And Ephesians, it goes there. So we're going to read Ephesians together, not all of it, just in case you're worried of that. It takes about 20 minutes, and I've encouraged all of us to dive in, and you can, on the U version, you can listen to the audio, and so in 20 minutes, while you're painting your nails, doing your hair, or some of the fellas, while you're sitting on the toilet... 20 minutes may be too short. You could probably listen to, just keep going to Philippians. Get the whole word in there. Here we go. Let's read together from Ephesians 4, 17, all the way through to, to 32. And, and these are some strong words that come to us because God has intention for us. And so let's, let's hear some of that afresh from Ephesians 4, 17. It says, so I, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, people who are distant from Christ, in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separate from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And for us to be a people who would let God work in us, we have to make the decision to open our hearts to him. Every part. He's there relentlessly kind of knocking on the door of our heart, wanting access to bring freedom, love, life, 
to pour in the things that we desire most of all. And, and if we would let Him, if we would trust, if we would open our heart, that it opens the doorway to the life that we really want. But we somehow, as we get wrapped in this world at times, we just open parts of that heart space and think we're actually better off running our own life this way or running in this direction. And really, we're following our feelings. He's calling us to this deeper place, this more incredible place. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensualities, following feelings, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. Verse 20, that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life in terms of following those proclivities that we'd feel on the inside to put off your old self, to put those things away, to intentionally put them off because it's being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, to step each day more and more into who he's called you to be, to put on the new self created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you, each one of us here today must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. There's always a flow on. The person who's stuck in in stealing is thinking about them and their circumstance, not the bigger frame. And the challenge when we allow ourselves to roll with our feelings is we get stuck in the here and now or in the impulse, in the feeling that would flow back into our world and we miss the bigger frame. And here the bigger frame with stealing is that you're not actually positioned to be rightfully someone who is being a blessing to others. And all of us are called to be a blessing to others and He wants to liberate us so we can be fully alive in that space. Do not let any, do not let any, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now we have pulls of the flesh that we've just talked about. And here we see some of these listed. Now your particular struggle right now may not have been in that list, but we went through quite a few. Those who are given over to sensuality, who want to feel, who want to follow what feels good. Impurity, and, and if we kept reading, chapter 5, verse 3 says, Let there be not even a hint of sexual immorality or impurity or greed. And so the list continues and, and says, Greed, deceitful desires, falsehood or speaking untruthfully, staying angry, stealing, not sharing with those in need, unwholesome talk, bitterness, rage. 
feeding on a negative emotion until you're consumed by it. Anger, brawling or quarreling needlessly. Slander, damaging, cutting words that pull others down. And most often that's behind their back or on a keyboard. Malice. Malice is simply ill will towards someone. We're called to live higher than that. A failure to be kind, compassionate or forgiving. So the pointed questions. Do you see yourself anywhere in that? And if we feel a little nudge, that's not a nudge to push away. It's the freedom bell of heaven ringing in your ear, wanting to get into your heart to bring liberty for you and for others. And this is the journey that we're on. Do you feel any pulls in any of those directions? Ravi says, as a person, we're tempted. We have proclivities. We have allurements. Our eyes, our heart, they seduce us. Let's be real. But yet God calls us to this high standard. Thankfully, he doesn't leave us to our own devices. But we, through all that Jesus Christ has accomplished, can be filled with the Holy Spirit who would guide and lead us into all truth, who would come and bring liberty and freedom as we would allow him to. And Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that we are God's handiwork, Handiwork here means his masterpiece or his custom-made work of art created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. God has woven us together as a masterpiece. And it's like there are some strokes of junk that are on top of that, some, some black strokes. And, and as we allow God to come and heal and bring freedom, and as we would not walk down that pathway of just following those sensual desires, but we would allow God to awaken His desires inside of us. It's like those manky brush strokes on the work of art. They begin to disappear and vanish and fade so that when the world looks at us, They see the glorious masterpiece that he has created, that he always made us to be, and that there is now an activation in that space that carries more power because the flavour of heaven is tasted in us, because the image of heaven reflects off us. And this is his heart that this would continually happen within us, like we see in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, then we could ask or imagine according to his great power that is at work within us. This work within us to free us, to liberate us, to strip away the pulls of the flesh that would guide us to this and that so that as the years roll by, we say, man, I used to be so tempted there, but now I see it for what it is. And it carries no pull for me anymore. Man, I used to be stuck in that area where I couldn't stop my mouth from or my hands from or whatever. But now the victory of Christ lives in me as I allowed him into my heart to bring freedom and liberty. And that, that's worth jumping into. We're going to jump in right now into Ephesians chapter 6. And let's look 
at verse 17. And here we're talking about the spiritual battle that wars and our way to stand strong in light of this battle that is that happening around us, but we are very much a, a part of and, and we move through the armor of God. And here in verse 17, it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then it Continue straight into verse 18 and pray in the Spirit. We're told to take a hold of the sword of the Spirit and now pray in the Spirit. When? On all occasions. With all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. And there is something powerful about taking a hold of the Word of God and letting it flow through our mouth in the realm of prayer. And if you've got a struggle in one of those areas we talked about, we need the Word of God to challenge, to cut through, where we would read and we would face conviction in our hearts because we go, I'm actually living out of alignment with God's standard there. And my feelings don't come into question whether I feel like I really want to be doing that stuff or not. This dictates. This is life and truth that is going to be awakened in my soul. And as we can take a hold of his word and then begin to pray it, then we have a powerful combination. And and what I want to just kind of segue sideways a little bit here is... uh, I want us, and I'm aware in the, the busyness of lives and the frenetic pace that, that, that we live in, that I don't think it's an exaggeration to say most people I talk to would go, you know what, I think I need a little more Bible in my life. Very few people I talk to would, would feel kind of, Happy, like, yeah, I've got, I've got an adequate amount of soaking in God's word that can not just keep me somewhat, you know, with my heart beating as, as like, you know, some kind of Christian, but could be a fire in my belly to help me have victory in this life. And so, so most of us here would go, yeah, I, I, could, I could probably have more word coming into my life. So again, let's be real. And let's go, what can we do about that? And so there's one thing I want to get. I'm great at meditating in the Word, and so I get lost in chunks, and I can be in a verse for an hour and just swimming around in that. But one thing I've gone is I actually want to read more and longer, and and so I'm making a a commitment to read through the entire Bible next year. And I don't don't like being locked in. It works really against my nature. I like the fluid and flow and my time with God is just this relational experience and, and it's, it's wonderful. But I'm making the commitment that I'm going to dive in and, and read through the whole Bible next year, uh, which is something kind of different for me doing that intentionally over a whole year. So I want to open the opportunity to all of us. So if we can, uh, we're going to put the website up here, I think now. We're going live onto our website, and so c3hh.com.au, and then if we just scroll down, so as we, as we scroll down, it's pretty, uh, we'll scroll back up, I think we just went past it, it's going to take a little bit to load, so scroll slowly, nice, you can see over on the right-hand side here, uh, here's a one-year Bible, let's click on that, and so you can jump onto the website, you can click here, and that'll take you to our events page. And you can actually order one of these one-year 
Bibles. And so we're just putting this out now so we can prepare for next year. Because if we wait till kind of mid-Feb and go, oh, I kind of missed it. So we make the decision now about something we're going to do next year. So if you go, you know what? I think this would be helpful for me. Here's the deal. Literally, it's around 15 minutes a day. And this is broken up. The the Bible is broken up here into 365 daily readings where there's some Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs that is put into... So day one, January 1, 15 minutes of reading. Day two, etc. You kind of get the idea. Now, if you think this would be helpful, then you can go ahead and buy these online. We'll, We'll get them for you. We'll bring them all to church in the last few weeks of the year. You can do this yourself. So they're about, I think they're $30 if you go direct through to Kurong, uh, but we can get a discount. And so we're just passing them on at, at our discount of 23 bucks. So you can uh, save $7 and buy an ice cream from uh, Tom and Jerry's. <laughs> Maybe. Can you get it for 7 bucks? I don't know. Probably just. So if that would be helpful for you. Now, you may love that there's all techie versions of this you can do. I've tried to do the tech things and it just doesn't work for me. I need something physical. And, and for you, maybe that would help where it, it comes. It's going to be a Bible like this, probably a little newer than this one. And you can place this and it becomes a reminder. And when you see it triggers this habit that we then build and, and dive in. I want us to be soaking in the Word of God. And I, just some interesting thoughts for us here. You know, being a Christian without being soaked in the Word of God, is like trying to be a basketballer without a basketball. It's like trying to have a smorgasbord with no prawns, no roast beef, no mud cake, no ice cream, no food. It's not a good smorgasbord. Being a Christian without being soaked in the Word of God is like trying to watch TV with no electricity. And you don't have a phone or an iPad. It's like trying to make pavlova or pavlova, if I say that weird. It's like trying to make pavlova with no egg whites. I don't know what you get if you take them out. I don't really do. They they matter, don't they, in making a pav? Yeah, they matter. Trying to be a Christian without being soaked in the Word of God is like trying to run a marathon while piggybacking yourself. Just picture that. It's such a good visual. Okay, if you could draw that, please draw that and send it to me this week. I want to see you piggybacking yourself, running a marathon. We need his word alive in our heart. You guys, we, we know it. and we all, So let's dive in together. Let's go, you know, 2020, I'm going to have more word coming into my world. And it's going to bring a glorious strength. And some of us, we're de-energized in our faith, not because there's something wrong about who it is that we're worshiping, but simply we don't have the right input coming in. And and, uh, your word's low, your passion's going to be low. And it's a simple equation. So let's get his words, his life alive in us. Okay, as we finish, I have 43 seconds and we'll get close. Uh, We read that list of things to kind of avoid. Some of the lean-ins of the of the flesh that finished at the end of chapter four. Now, chapter five starts. And so we can put that chapter five, one and two, uh, about following God's example as dearly loved children. And, you know, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved 
children. Any parent knows we have standards for our children. We want to call our children up to a a way of being in the world that is right in our eyes, that's going to help them get the most out of life. And this is exactly the same with God, who has a wisdom like we cannot even fathom. So He calls us to a standard as the perfect parent for us as His kids. And so it's for us to understand He holds the greater wisdom. Let's dive into what He says is the way to go. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of love. Now, you don't want to hug too long, hot, sweaty day like this. Even shaking hands is going to be sticky later. Walk in the way of love. We are most like God when we love. We are most like God when we love, not when we think, although that's good. Not when we argue. Although sometimes that's helpful. Not when we serve, although we should do that. Not when we provide our really clever critique, although sometimes that's asked for. Not when we're driven, motivated, though those aren't bad things. Not when we declare in faith, we're most like God. Some of those things are so good. We're most like God when we love. When you love when we let his love transform us into who he calls us to be and when that love flows out to the world around us. Ephesians 3.19, and this may be the last time I preach Ephesians for a little while, so I want to finish. Some of you are really happy. Ephesians 3.19, and to know this love, it's just talked about the height, width, depth, breadth of God's love. To know this love that surpasses knowledge. It's to know a love that's bigger than what we could actually know. There's no end to knowing his love. You've never reached the end of it, the bottom of it, the height of it. There's more love in him for you. There's more love that he wants to pour into your heart. More love that he wants to awaken in you for the church. In you for your neighbours. In you for your spouse or your kids. There's no end to it. To know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you could be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's love. We're most like God when we love. Lord, would you fill us with your love? God, we thank you that love's your idea. Because you are love. And so God, would you align us with your love today? Lord, for every person sitting here, Lord, as they open their hearts afresh to you in this moment, Lord, would you pour out your love? Lord, the victory of Christ through all that he did. God, let that reality burn deep in our hearts and minds. Lord, and would you again, would you liberate us by your love? God, would your love fill our parenting tank? God, would your love empower our relationships? Lord, would your love be a driver as we step into work, as we serve, as we play 
in every part of our lives. Lord, let your love be a fire inside of us. Lord, give us a love for your word. Lord, that you would awaken this fresh desire to be in your word, that your words would come alive, that our minds would be filled. Lord, our imagination would be alive with your words coming alive, that it would trigger this ability to see that you have given to us. Lord, that faith would be awakened to believe for things that are not yet seen, but will be seen. And God, it starts with your love. It's the greatest of all these. So let your love live in us. God, give us a love for those who are disconnected from you. Lord, that a plus one heart would be alive in us. God, that we would love them like you do. God, and we would show that with our lives. God, let us love you more and more each year. God, that we would be awakened to see you, know you, discover you because as we do God we can't help but fall in love with you more and more and so with open hearts we thank you for this in Jesus name Amen Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast we encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives if you want to check out more about our upcoming events service times, locations or to give online go to c3hh.com.au